tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This is the Seahawkers podcast. 2022 Seahawks schedule release deep dive. It's become an annual tradition. Put on your tinfoil hat, folks. Dave Bloomquist, a.k.a. Hong Kong Hawk, is coming in here to break down the Seahawks schedule. Dave, you know, this started out being a tinfoil hat show, and I feel like we've gotten away from that, but yeah, maybe things will change. Maybe now that Russell Wilson is gone, things will return to normal as far as the NFL trying to screw over the Seahawks. Shoot, maybe they did that already by just launching this, this season off with Russell Wilson straight out of the gates in week one. Yeah. Well, the tinfoil hat definitely has been put away. Um, and I think half of the reason that it has been put away is because it's no longer a conspiracy. If you, (laughs) if you listen to the NFL podcast and, uh, just various podcasts, they do start talking about who's playing teams off of buys and who has, uh, a lot of, uh, road games and long trips between, uh, between weeks. So, uh, it seems that the whole rest conspiracy has become more common now. So, no more tin hats. Yeah, I suppose that more and more people are looking into this. I, and actually, I do see a lot of articles really doing this schedule analysis, similar to what you st- you started doing on this show so many years ago. I, I feel like I'm starting to see that more and more for each of the teams. And so, I yeah, I think you're just ahead of your time with this. Oh, thank you. It's uh, I like to think that I, I'm a pioneer of sort. <laughs> <laughs> so... Before we get started, I, I do think that it's helpful for everybody to to kind of hear uh, what goes into your schedule analysis, because really this has to do with, you know, you you look at opponents, you look at how many rest days the, the Seahawks have, how many rest days opponents have, what what all goes into your analysis to really find the, the most difficult parts of the Seahawks schedule? Well, as you know, with the NFL, you never know. There's no absolutes in the NFL. You have the Bengals who went from last to the Super Bowl. Nobody ever seems to want to win the NFC East. Uh, there's injuries. There's sudden stars like Justin Jefferson. You just like people who analyze the schedule by simply saying, oh, they're playing a streak with the Jets, the Giants, and the, and the Bengals. Well, the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals might be good by the end of the year. So. Right. Uh, I never like to focus on the opponents because uh, you can really never predict the flow of a season. However, um, as we talked about, uh, I do look at things like long road trips and how many times uh, you play consecutive games on the road this, because I think people do get fatigued. Uh, Seattle has a history of playing not so good when they play three out of four games on the road. It's just it's just part of what they do, even when uh, Russell was at the peak of his powers. Right. So it, th- these are the types of things I like to look at, both between our team and between uh, our opponents as well. So we can actually go into some of these 
more deep divey type of things that I found about our schedule. Yeah. Before we get there, though, I do want to get your take about how you how did you feel when you saw that the Broncos were that week one game Monday night football? Well, it was funny because um, I was out on a hike and I was listening to uh, your podcast with Adam and Clinton. And I thought all of you had some really good points. I think Clinton was uh, pretty insistent that we were being trolled. Uh, so maybe the tinfoil hat has made its way to Connecticut. But <laughs> I, You know, I, I don't think I can disagree with them either. That's a really good troll by the NFL to, to go ahead and do that straight out of the gate. Yeah, I look at it less of a troll than the NFL really want to, wanting to come out of the gates. And I, I thought that was really interesting where – uh, you know that everybody's really hungry for the NFL by week one. And normally that first game, that Thursday game with the Super Bowl champion is, you know, Bears, Packers. Eh, OK, but this year having Buffalo and the Lambs is just they, they really are just like, hey, we're going to come out strong. And then they turn around and they uh, put the Seahawks and uh, the Drew Locke revenge game on Monday night. So uh I was very surprised about that because I figured they might want to save a game like that. But then again, I figured they might want to save the Buffalo Lambs game. Right. So I don't think it was really necessarily a trolling. However, uh, it was an unusual move by them. It was it was an eye opener for sure. You mentioned in your intro there about how you look for those areas where three out of the first four are on the road. Well, after the home game with the Broncos, the next set of four games, that three out of the four are on the road, starting with San Francisco. You can say about the next eight weeks. Oh, until the bye. Every single one of those games is part of a three out of a four on the road swing for the Seahawks. It's, it's just crazy. Um, and then, of course, they end up going to Germany at the end of that. So I am not pleased with uh, the sprinkling of road games <laughs> that happened in the beginning of the season. It, it's more of a was... drenching of road games and sprinkling of home games. You're right. You're right. You're <laughs> right. It was, uh, it was pretty appalling. But one of those games, which is amazing, I, I still can't believe this. Uh, we play at New Orleans, which is our second straight 10 o'clock road game. But they're coming back from London with no buy. So I, it's so unusual to see that. And I oh. think we got a real treat there to, uh, to get this team that uh, is doing a lot of traveling and no buy. So they play in London week four is what you're saying. And then yes. they play the Seahawks week five. Correct. And it was kind of funny that the Seahawks had that video where uh, they were. <laughs> where Will Disley's <laughs> telling making... everybody that they don't have a buy coming back from Germany. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and then they turn around, and they have that. Um, so that's really good. Uh, we all know that um, the 10 o'clock games have definitely changed for the Seahawks over the last couple of years, but still nobody likes to play at 10 o'clock, especially two weeks in a row. So to, uh, to be able to play a team coming back from London without a buy as one of those games is, is actually a very good scenario for us. That's good. One, one advantage point to us then. Are there, other than the, the three out of four being on the road, are there any other disadvantages in that first five or six games? Well, actually, the uh, we have two really good things that happen uh, for our two home games. So we play Atlanta in week three, and that's their second consecutive West Coast trip. They come off of a game against the Lambs and then have to go 
up to Seattle after that. Oh, uh, that's always positive. And then after we come back from New Orleans, um, we've got the Chardinals with no Hopkins. So, uh, so that's kind of nice. And I, I um, like how you're sprinkling through. Now, Dave, you have come up with this tip. And see, this is maybe an exclusive tip to our Seahawkers podcast, Ring of Honor members on Facebook. Like You have coached everybody to use these nicknames for the opposing teams because it, it turns out invariably in, in Facebook, we're talking about our rivals. And then when you do that, you end up getting served ads as if Facebook thinks that you're a fan of that particular team. But <laughs> if you use these nicknames that Dave is throwing out here in the episode, then it uh, it confuses the algorithm. Well, it helps you in terms of the algorithm because you know Facebook doesn't think and confuse you with a fan of that team. And so, yes, you don't have to see all those crazy ads of, of your rivals. And uh, I, I'm glad you've worked that out. Well, uh, that was a discovery I made during the Cheatriots years because I would get, I would never get any focus ads for the Cheatriots. But then suddenly they'd be trying to sell me a, a lamb sweatshirt. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then I realized that I was putting the R word yeah. in some of my comments. And I'm like, okay, enough of this nonsense. But I do suddenly get a lot of ads for uh, lamb food. You know, when you think I'm a farmer or <laughs> That's something, okay. I guess. You know, that you could you could live with that. <laughs> okay. PSA out of the way, continuing on with the schedule. And let's see, getting into so this is kind of another well, like we said before the bye, there's the the Chargers, which is the away game, then it's back home against the New York Giants. Then we do we do have the Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins likely back at that point, and then on the road at Germany, which really um, I'm hoping that that's going to be a home game, but technically a away game for both. So how, how do you categorize that? Well, when we went to the England game, I thought that was really great because there were clearly many, many more Seahawks fans in Wembley. However, we saw there was uh, Raiders painted in the end zones and we had little Raiders flags on our seats. So it didn't matter that we were the loudest ones. We knew we were at a Raiders game. Yeah. So that's what it's going to be like over there. There's going to be Buccaneers painted in the end zones. There's going to be Buccaneers banners. They're going to fly in the pirate ship. I don't need that. Although Allianz Stadium is really cool. I don't know if you've seen pictures of that thing, but that's that's one of the better stadiums in Europe. And I really look forward to seeing that. I also look forward to all the activities that come around the game. Uh, I think we had a lot of fun in London and, I've never myself been to Germany and I, I really looking forward to it. So hopefully a lot of flockers will be over there. But, but one thing that distresses me about this uh, Germany game is that it is directly after uh, our game at the Indian burial ground. Right. So we don't know who's going to be going on IR and missing the uh, Germany game at that point. Could be anybody, but the, uh, the Buccaneers actually are coming from a home game to go. So they have a much shorter trip. Sure. Um, so, you know, for what that's worth, that is a very long trip uh, from the burial ground to uh, to Munich. And we know that the Seahawks have done better with the 10 a.m. start times, but how about a 6.30 a.m. start time? <laughs> that, that we don't have a lot of data on. Yeah, I couldn't be happier because if for whatever reason I'm still here and not at that game, That'll be at 9.30 on Saturday night. So uh, that's actually a cool time to watch a game. I could actually go to a bar and watch a football game. Um, but 
I'm going to make sure that I'm there. I'm going to pull every string I possibly can to be there. So then the Seahawks, they get their bye after that. And again, uh, I don't know how long it's been since we had a, a nice, good mid-season bye, but I, I like the Week 11 bye. Yeah, the Week 11 bye is good. Uh, unfortunately, it does have to come after uh, a Europe game because uh, a couple of days of that are going to be travel and kind of readjusting. It's better if you can just like, you know, go down to Cancun and sit on a boat. But um, but again, it is really special to play in Europe. So uh, so I'm glad they're doing that. And then after the bye, Dave, it's let's see, it's five out of the last seven games are all at home. And and now with the 17 game schedule, it this is the year that the Seahawks have more games at home than on the road. And for whatever reason, the NFL just decided to put all of the games after the bye, essentially, at home, apart from two. And so, yeah, we go into this this last section with a very heavy home schedule. Yeah, and I think that people probably look at that and they're like, oh, great, we play a lot of home games at the end of the season. This will be good. If, we, if we're even a little bit in it, we have a good push. Uh, no, that's not how it works. Oh, <laughs> now, the good thing is when we come back from Germany, we face the Raiders at home, and that's their second consecutive road game. So uh, they play a tough game against Denver, um, unless, of course, the uh, Let's Ride curse has taken uh, Russell out at that point. <laughs> One can hope. Uh, <laughs> For purely draft pick status. Right, not because he's creepy and and uh, come on. We still online. have to have some affection for our former quarterback. I, I don't know if I can go all in on the sports hate quite yet, but I can I can root for a curse so we can get a better draft pick. I I, I feel like that's where I'm at. All right, well, I'm going to stay on brand and tell you I hope they turn him into a pretzel in game one. Uh, so anyway, so after uh, the Raiders game, we go to SoFi, and then that's right before the the lambs have a short week. So for what that's worth, maybe that'll work to our advantage. Then we play Carolina at home. And this is the second straight time that Carolina has come to Seattle off of a bye. Mm. So they have a week 13 bye just so they can come rested to Seattle. Then we turn right around and we have our short week against the whiners. Mm-hmm. Um, then we go to Kansas City. But they would have a short week too, right? With that being a Thursday night game? Yeah. And they yeah, travel to but, and they travel to Seattle. Right. Right. But nobody likes short weeks. So no, that's true. Um and then our last two home games, uh, the Jets have a mini buy before they come to Seattle because they play the Thursday night the week before. Real good Thursday night game. Jacksonville and the Jets week seventeen. Uh everybody will be glued to their TV. Circle your calendar. And then um and then this one, this one I love. So the Lambs are playing their second straight road game in Seattle for, to, for the last game of the season. But this road game, I'm making air quotes here, uh-huh. uh, is at SoFi against the uh, Chargers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Lambs actually get 10 home games this year. Right. That's, the Lamb spiracy lives. I couldn't cannot have my tin hat yet. <laughs> that couldn't have been avoided, but it is kind of interesting that they put that game in week 17 before they have to come to Seattle. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> All right. But to be honest with you, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to this in a little. Uh, I 
personally don't think it's going to matter at that point. Because the Seahawks will have uh, sewn up the division by, with Drew Locke by the time they get the victory over the Chiefs in Week 16. That's, that's what you're going to say, right? Hey, Tim Moon, can you get Brandon back here, please? <laughs> Tim Moon is our resident optimist in the, in the Facebook group, yes. He, he has to dial it back to be considered an optimist. <laughs> so, so a couple little oddities uh, which work in our favor in some points and not in others. Uh, I do agree with you that the timing is very good on the Broncos game with the new coach and the new system, uh, possibly Jerry Judy being out, uh, a road game, a hostile environment. I don't know what to expect from people uh, when Russell comes out to the field. Uh, I personally would boo. Oh, yeah. Um, of course. So I think that getting him in, in week one and getting that over with in probably the best scenario as far as uh, him not being adjusted to his new team uh, you know, he'll probably take a left instead of a right when he's trying to find the locker room and it's, you know, he'll be totally discombobulated. So I'm okay with, with that game on week one, uh, from week six on, other than the Germany game, we travel no further East than Kansas city, which is kind of good. Um, we don't have those long road trips to, uh, New York or Florida or anything like that, which is good. We, we always seem to be going to Philadelphia or Washington or something. So that's not happening. That's a good point. With all of the air miles that it says the Seahawks are due to travel, a, a good portion of those come in the preseason when they're playing Pittsburgh, right? And then, yeah. and then it's, yeah, Saints-Lions are really the longest trips apart from the Germany game. Yeah, and I, I do find that funny when, when they were making a big deal, that meme with the, uh, with the long road trip. And it is all Germany. Um, it's, it's actually fairly positive as far as the travel in the second half of the season. Unfortunately, it's neutralized by some of our opponents' buys and mini buys, but, uh, you know, at least our team won't be so tired. Right. So uh, a couple of things that I noticed about our opponent's schedule, cue the uh, Lambspiracy music. Uh, the Lambs do not play west of Glendale, Arizona until week nine. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, chew, chew on that for a second. Wow. <laughs> and then um, they do play six of their last 10 on the road. And I put an ish on that because of that last the road one. game, which is a home game. And then are you just, counting the 49ers games that are played at SoFi, though, as road games? Because that might even it out. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I forgot that. Who's this team you talk about? The uh, Winers. The right? Winers, yes. Sorry. <laughs> okay. That's okay. Just, just, uh, may you get a uh, hat ad for that. Um, <laughs> um, so, also, the Lambs have four straight national TV games between weeks 14 and 17. So, while we're winding down our year, we're just going to have to be forced fed the, uh, the Lambs at the end of the year. And that's just, that's unhappy emoji right there. No. Um, okay. <laughs> the Chardinals, they play one division game in the last seven weeks. That is the most unusual thing I've ever seen because, you know, they try to pack the division games at the end of the year. Right. And I almost feel that that might be a little bit of a conspiracy uh, building there because they know the Chardinals are so bad at the end of the year. It's like, hey, when they're still winning, you know, we'll, we'll put the important games in the season. At the end of the year, we'll just like kind of throw them out to the 
for the donkeys. That does feel like more of a benefit to them. Of course, maybe the NFL didn't count on Hopkins being out, though, those first six weeks. No, um, but I think they did make a very shrewd trade to get uh, Hollywood Brown. I think I think he'll be an adequate replacement. Uh, if he can catch the ball. He's yeah, always uh, dropping passes. I, I don't think he's he going to help as much. He's, he's, he's no DeAndre Hopkins. Well, he was on my fantasy team, and I, I have a small affinity for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, but not uh, infuriated by the drops then. Okay. No, but he did pretty well. He actually he got a lot of points. You know what he did catch uh, was was pretty pretty good. Um, so the Cardinals also have three home games and a bye in one stretch, which is actually really good. You want to be home. I have to laugh at the Cardinals every time. That that may be your best one. Oh no, that's that's props to uh, Clinton. He came up with that. Okay. <laughs> See, I feel like uh, Winers and Lambs have been around for for ages, but. Uh... There's just something particularly sophomoric <laughs> about the Chardinals that, that just gets me. Well, I was actually using the quite politically incorrect term before uh, Clinton came up with Chardinals. I, it, it's an, it, it is an improvement. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it again, goes off my brand. Um, okay, so the Winers, they play three or four on the road, including two on the East Coast in that stretch, which is which is good. That's a that's a bad thing to have. That's that's a very sea hockey type of scheduling. And then they have three straight home games followed by their game against the Sharknels in uh, Mexico City, which is considered a home game for them. So technically they have four straight home games, which has never been done in the history of the NFL, but one of them is kind of a fake home game. Right. And and then this is this is the other one. They do not play west of Las Vegas for any of the last 12 weeks. Wow. Other than Mexico City. Which is that? Which is the neutral game. Yeah. That's crazy. That... So so between the Lambs and the Winers, they, they just, they don't leave the West Coast. And it just does not seem possible with the way the NFL is geographically. But that's, huh. there you go. <laughs> That's and pretty crazy. These are the small things that that generally, um, you know, I look at as these schedule oddities and these deep dives that really affect how a team plays towards the end of the season. Teams get tired, teams get fatigued, and now you have 17 games, and that's that's even uh, exasperated from that. So these these are things to look at. Right. So we were talking earlier about the uh, the outcome, the possible outcome. <laughs> now I went, I went through the schedule. Now I know this kind of goes against what I was saying earlier, but if I was to just kind of go by opponents, uh, I kept getting seven and 10, which really blew my mind because that was more than I thought it would be. I have always been a fan of, Hey, you know what? Go ahead, have a couple bad seasons in a row. I thought we had a terrific draft. I really love that draft. And if we have a second draft like that, and I, I don't even, you know, I'm not even talking about getting a quarterback out of it. I'm just saying have a good draft with and good get players. get a really good quarterback. Yeah, it would, it would be nice to, to be able to be in the position to, to get that good quarterback, uh, especially if we don't have to trade assets to get them. But, um, I mean, I just love how we build our line and our secondary. Uh, in this draft. I thought that was, it was great. And then 
you know, everybody who is, I think, wrongfully complaining about Kenneth Walker have not been using their eyes and seeing, you know, our two main running backs can't finish the season. Right. So, you know, I, I was more than happy to get a guy, you know, our Jonathan Taylor type of guy. So I'm, you know, through my history of being a Seahawks fan since the seventies and seeing those very bad years in the, in the nineties and the early two thousands, it's like, I am totally at peace with having a couple bad seasons still love the team, still entertain me, still love watching them. But if the result of another five, six win season gets us in that position to build towards 2023, uh, I am totally cool with that. So I think, I think seven and 10 is uh, quite ambitious of a, of a, (laughs) I feel like this is you giving Pete some credit, Dave, because I know you've been, one of the people who have been calling for change, I think for, gosh, it's been at least two or three years now. I, I feel like you were more toward the start of this than most people. Yeah. And, and like everything else, I'm like ahead of it. So when Pete finally, like, you know, what goes fishing for the last time, I think you're going to see a guy come in and just be really good. And they'll say, oh, geez, he was right. He should have gotten that guy three years ago. I mean, the, uh, I can't think of the dude from uh, Green Bay. He was, he, if you remember, I was saying that when he was still with Tennessee, I was like, get this guy in here. I want this guy. This, this Oh, yeah, yeah. LaFleur. LaFleur, right, right. And here's this guy. He's gone 13 and three, three straight years. And, you know, cry all you want about the playoff performance. But I think that's more Rodgers than LaFleur. The guy put together a good team. So... Yeah, I, I think Pete has uh, maxed out his effectiveness. So, so would you have been more on board then with keeping Russ and moving on from Pete? Like, would that have been your preference, or would you have preferred wipe the slate clean, start fresh? I would have rather have kept Russ, but I think that when we look in hindsight, Russ wanted to go, and there was nothing that was going to stop Russ going. Uh, and again, I'm one of the people who, who look at that trade, the two first, two seconds, three players on top of that. Hey, I think we got a good haul for him. I think we, I, I was mad that we didn't trade Russ the year before because I thought that's when we could get maximum value. And I was just blown away when, when I saw uh, what we got for him. So I'm happy. He's a 33-year-old quarterback who didn't want to play with us anymore. And he threw the worst interception in NFL history. So Right. And goodbye. we can always hold that against him now. <laughs> Well, now it's easy to hold that against them and all the cringe uh, Instagram. Well, posts, yeah, so. I mean, we we yeah. could we could ignore that for so long as he was our quarterback. But now now we will not yeah, let it go. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but in spite of all this, in spite of my, you know, total comfort with uh, Russ moving on. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to love that first game. It's going to be uh, very good theater. I love the fact that Buck and Aikman moved to Monday Night Football because I can get rid of them and watch the Manning cast. Um, oh, yeah, they're perfect. Yeah. See, right? here I was <laughs> encouraging people to attend the game physically. But for those people that don't have that option, there's the Manning cast. Yeah, yeah. We never have to listen to those two again. And then Germany was just icing on the cake. When, when I saw that Tampa Bay was playing the Germany game, I was just, Oh, I was just praying the Seahawks would be the opponent. Yeah, I, I'm fired up for that, too. Uh, going back, though, 
is it going to be tough? I mean, we've already seen Manning and Russ doing these videos. Is Peyton just going to be homering for the Broncos, the whole Manning cast? Like, would it be tougher to to deal with the 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 Troy Aikman Seahawks hate or the Peyton Manning Broncos love? Well, to be honest with you, Brandon, I could watch a booth with Peyton Manning, John Elway, and Terrell Davis calling every Seahawks game and be happier than watching a Buck and Aikman game. Those two are insufferable. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I just, I had to get that in perspective. I understand. And, you know, just for the humor alone, it would just be funny to hear what they say. Because I think that Manning is very good in trolling as well. So uh, I think if, if any little thing goes wrong, maybe if things go right too, he'll still be trolling uh, Wilson throughout that game. It'll be good. Anything else that you want to make sure that we cover before we get on out of here, Dave? We should temper our excitement over uh, how we think they're going to finish. I think uh, if you set your expectations low, you can have nothing but uh, excitement if things go differently than what you expect. <laughs> I think 7-10 and um, 10 is a fair record. to. I mean, gosh, if you would have told me that the Seahawks, you know, before this offseason, that they'd lose Russ and you could still pencil them in for a 7-10 and 10 record. Not saying that that's what they'll get to, and maybe it is worse. I, I feel like we should expect worse losing a franchise quarterback like that. But if that's the way that it feels, it, it, ha- it gives me a little hope that it's not going to be a completely miserable season. Yeah, and I think one thing that we have to keep in mind is uh, Pete won the battle. Pete, Pete is the one that stayed. So we're going to see Pete fall. So whether it's Walker or Penny or Carson or a combination, all Locke's going to really be doing is handing the ball off 30 times a game. And if that keeps us in games and, you know, we snatch a couple of those victories at the end, get a, get a field goal or whatever, that's how we're going to reach that seven and maybe beyond that. So I guess my biggest uh, cause for optimism is that, uh, Pete's going to run the offense that he wants to run. And as much as I think he's way past his prime, he clearly is a good coach and he's going to do something with what he has without the resistance of, you know, precious Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> a big thanks to Dave Bloomquist for coming on, breaking down the schedule every single year we've been doing that. And man, it, uh, it's fun to get his deep dive into it. And as as we all hear Clinton rattling around in the background, we we transition over to uh, a new show that is going to be coming out via the Seahawkers podcast feed in the fall. I, I don't know. Maybe you guys will do something more in the summer as well, leading up to the season. But we've got the PNW prop stars, Clinton Bonner, Wilson Kahn. They're going to be going through some some fun bets upcoming for this season. So, gentlemen, how you doing, Brandon? I we are we are fired up, Brandon. It's it's a you know it's a whole new year. It's a whole new you. We have a new quarterback. Maybe we have two new quarterbacks. We we don't know, right? We don't know. I've been and, telling people, Clinton. We I am fired up that we have. Uh, we're one of only about eight teams that have two quarterbacks in Chris Sims' top forty quarterbacks. So. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to be, it's, you know, this good. 
It's something. It's something, <laughs> right? Which is cool. And so the, the quick origin story, I'm a, I'm a comic book fan, and I'll certainly introduce and hand it over to Wilson in, in a second. But, uh, you know, I, I got to know Wilson through the field goals pods that, that were out there, right? He's producing your stuff. I'm like, right, this, this guy, this guy. This guy seems like a pretty cool cat. Following him on Twitter, know a little bit about his story out in Princeton. But we're, you know, I see, I see him tweeting all last year, all these prop bets, and I'm like, my God, this this guy's got some good ideas. Like I, I like his prop bets, and I, I would, you know, comment on some of them. Like, yeah, I, I bet the same darn thing. And with every with the advent of DraftKings and, and everything else and FanDuel, you know, Wilson and I, we got to talking. I said, hey, dude, if I we go to, you know, Brandon and Adam and say, what do you think, man? What do you think about a, a Seahawks, the only Seahawks only podcast out there focused on Seahawks gambling? And uh, with that, Wilson said yes to the dress. So, dude, Wilson Khan, welcome to the pilot show for, uh, you know, PNW Prop Stars. And Brandon, thank you for the opportunity to to put it on the, uh, the, the, the SHP, if you will, man. Absolutely. I will turn it over to you both. And you guys can uh, close this show as uh, Bloomy and I got it kicked off. So have fun, everybody. All right. Thank you, dude. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. So Wilson, man, for the folks, there's probably folks who know the name, right? They know the, <laughs> they know the name and you're a youngin, which is, which is, I, I won't hold that. I won't hold your youth and inexperience against you, man. But there's probably lots of folks who've only heard the name. They've heard that, you know, on the field goals podcast where it's like written and produced by Wilson Khan, give them a follow on, on Twitter, but Maybe a little intro. Why don't you, instead of me telling your story, why don't, why don't I, you know, pipe up and you tell your story about like, you know, how, I, how are you a Seahawks fan? What are you doing with your life? How should people, what should people know about the Wilson Cop? Yeah. Well, first thing I should say is uh, I'm not of legal gambling age. I'm 20. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. I'm not allowed to be on DraftKings or anything like that. I will say I've, I've been a Seahawks fan for as long as I can remember. I grew up in Seattle. My family since moved to the Bay Area, which is, you know, the worst place to be if you're a Seahawks fan. But we get by considering uh, how things have gone against the Niners in recent years. Uh, not a lot of trash being thrown my way. So, yeah, excited to get going. Really got into kind of betting last year. Um, so really excited about it. Yeah, you got into betting, but like, you know, but not but you couldn't. Just like, you know, for the fun of it, right? Just so, yeah, for the, yeah, no, for I, the lawyers. I wasn't, I wasn't spending any money. No, right, I, for the I, lawyers uh, that are out there, just looking at the, <laughs> looking at the lines, you know, the, the, the dude goes to, if, if you want folks to know or not, whatever, they follow you on Twitter, they're going to find out. The man goes to Princeton. So we're talking about a smart cat right here. No pun intended. <laughs> and, you know, but you were, you were throwing out some cool combos, some nice parlays. I was like, all right, this, this guy's got, you know, he's got, he has a, a pulse here. And, uh, and so anyway, like we said, we were like, let's concoct a show that just focuses. You know, the one thing, one thing, Wilson, as we get going is people are always like, oh, dude, I never bet on my team. And I'm like, you know what? This is the team I know way, way, way more about than any other yeah. team, any other sport. So if I'm going to put like a, a tight end prop last year that, you know, Gerald Everett over four and a half receptions or something like that. I just don't get the, I'm not going to bet on my team. It's like, no, this is the exact team I'm going to bet on. Win, lose, or draw, I'm not going to be superstitious about it, but I actually know about this team, so I am going to lay some wood this year, and I'm fired up for it. And hey, when you turn 21, I'll give you I'll give you your first dollar, dude. I will oh, give I you a dollar. I appreciate that. Yeah, I will say about betting on the Seahawks, it's, 
it's not maybe just that you don't want to bet on them, but also you don't really want to bet on them to cover ever. I, I can't tell you the last time I remember the Seahawks covering a game maybe happens two or three times a season, and it's a real surprise. So I'm sure yeah, we'll get that, into that more as the season kicks off. But We certainly will, dude. And that's But that's why that's why props are fun, right? It's, it's not always yeah. about – certainly not always about the, the, the money line or, or just the spread. Those are fine. Those are kind of your pedestrian bets nowadays. But it's it's the kind of in the in the in the lore three and three out. It's the nooks, it's the crannies, it's the it's the little things you find out, and you're like, oh man, this matchup favors this thing. And by the way, when we do the show, yeah, it's gonna be, you know, 85, 90% focused on the the Seahawks games. It doesn't mean we won't take positions that might be a prop that's like, hey, some other dude is going to achieve this against Seattle. There's no way in hell I'm ever betting Seattle to lose. Like, I'm not going to bet yeah, Seahawks to yeah. lose. Not doing that. That, that ain't going to happen. And I'm not going to even take Seahawks, you know, to, to not to not cover, right? I won't do those things. But certainly props that are like, okay, this, you know, this cat's going to catch five balls out of the backfield. Yeah, like th- those, are, those are things we'll talk about. And I guess the goal will be, number one, number another way to talk Seahawks football and why not number two maybe maybe you know folks have a little fun with this and maybe make a little scratch along the way and it's just entertaining it's another way to look at the game through the through the lens of the individual players and what they can contribute which i'm super fired up about so i i know you're not on DraftKings because of the legal age or fan duel <laughs> um but with that though just to give the folks like a flavor what are your kind of favorite types of bets you usually look for in general anyway I really like kind of what you were talking about, like the sort of single game receptions, I think are a good one, especially, I think it can be hard sometimes with the Seahawks, uh, just because you never know if it's going to be Lockett or Metcalf week to week, but there are some opponents where you can kind of parse it out. And that's, it's kind of what you were talking about. It's really being familiar with what the Seahawks like to do against specific types of defenses and things like that can make, especially those receptions props, like really work out. That's what I would say. Yeah, those I love the reception props too. They're they're fun because they're first of all I love betting an over versus an under anyway. So like your reception props are usually going to be like over five and a half, and that so it's fun. Like this, I I really enjoy like watching like a Sunday night game where I might not even really care about it otherwise, except for the fact that I like to watch football, not even a Seahawks game, and I'll like throw whatever. All right, I got Jarvis Landry over five and a half receptions. And then you're literally counting and you're like, it's, it's like late, late third quarter. He gets his fifth. You're like, he's going to do it. And then like Jarvis Landry like disappears for a quarter. You're like, and you know, drop drops the ball in the end zone. Like what the, what the, you know, come on, man. But it's a, uh, but it's fun. It's, it's a, it's a new, like I said, another way to enjoy the game. And with the apps being so user-friendly and so specific with how you could dive in, that's what we're going to focus on. And we should tell the people too, we absolutely plan on having other people on the show. Like, uh, you know, Adam for one, he, he's going to, he's going to join different, you know, different episodes when he can, he likes to lay, you know, just look at these as well and put a little, put, put some Scott Ole on a couple of games too. So we'll get Adam's take sometimes. And then we're going to reserve, we're going to reserve, you know, another announcement for another time for maybe the, the August preseason, but we have a, a, you know, kind of a special guest lined up that we're really looking forward to bringing on week in, week out as well. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So I think before we close out today with the little announcement, Hey, listen, the schedule came out, the season totals and some other bets were available to go look at. So I figured what, why not kick things off the right way? If you're going to do it right, let's do it right. And look at some of these preseason bets that you are, you and I are already eyeing. So 
I'll defer to you. You know, it's a age before beauty type thing here, my man. <laughs> so if you're looking at, you know, all the available bets that are out there, which one's kind of catching your eye so far this year? Let's say Seahawks first, and then we can mosey off the path because there's not so many games we could bet on just yet that are Seahawks related. Yeah, well, I know you guys talked a little bit about the over under five and a half. I got to go over there. I, I won't I won't belabor that one too much just by being a Seahawks fan. I, I would find it hard to root for the under. But one that I came across today that was really interesting, I was actually looking at bet for who will be the rushing champion this year in the NFL. And Penny actually has four times better odds than Kenneth Walker, which I found was really interesting. Kenneth Walker's plus 13,000 to be the rushing champion as Penny is plus 3,300. So that really, the Walker one especially, struck me as a really interesting bet that, hey, maybe you just throw 20 bucks on and you know, a few months later, you wake up with $3,000, almost $3,000, you know, in your pocket. And that's, that's an easy one to root for, too, because I think he's probably the best running back on the team um, at this point, even though he hasn't stepped on the field yet. <laughs> but I, I agree with you. I mean, that people, people who know, know my voice know that I'm not still not the hugest Rashad you know, Penny fan, although <laughs> they credit where due. He ended, he ended his season really, really well. He earned the money they gave him. But I love, uh, hey, listen, gamble a little to win a lot. That's a that it's it's okay if it's like especially a season long bet right you're like yeah it's twenty bucks I could put it in there and if and if you know Walker starts to take hold and it's like that becomes a fun second half chase because if you're just in it it's like it's like the Belmont Stakes it's like the longest race of the three right so you just got to be kind of in the pack and it's like is this guy trending the right way is he going from like ten to twelve touches to all of a sudden he you know he's shown to be the guy fourteen to seventeen touches and holy crap, he's getting 18 touches plus a game and, and mostly he's going to run the ball. Uh, hey, 20 bucks to win. What was the, the payout on that one? Uh, 2,600 space. Yeah, it's pretty Jeez. crazy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, you know, for, for a $20 flyer on a dude who, who has all the skill, it's just going to be an opportunity thing on a team that we know likes to run the ball. Right. Heck, man, I'm, in, I'm into that one a lot. And I, I quickly want to go the, to the Seattle over-under we talked about on the mm-hmm. um, schedule release also. Super quick, like you said, not to belabor this one. It's Seattle over five and a half. Um, I like it a lot too. Now you got to pay that. You got to pay to take that position. The money line's about one forty against you. So for those who are not familiar, you'd have to lay what? You have to lay a hundred bucks to then win sixty. I think that's the way it, it breaks that way, right? So something something like that. Where and we'll get we'll get a little crisper with our, our math, seeing as it's a gambling show. But you're letting. <laughs> You're laying the juice as as they say. So you you gotta lay the lumber to get to to make a little bit less back. But that also shows you that not only Vegas, but the betting public is liking that bet. They're they're probably seeing the same thing we're seeing as in totality, going like, Yeah, I understand it's, it's the Drew Locke or or Gino show. And with that, this is not that bad of a roster. It's actually it's actually an average to above average roster, I think. And the schedule is not that bad. They play some bad teams, right? They're playing Carolina. They're playing Atlanta. Yes, there's teams that should improve. Giants, Jets, Detroit, all should be improved. But they're not, they're not good teams yet. They're not, they're not quite there yet. So it's, I like that position. And I like, I like just, and that's a nice, again, it's a nice, easy street one. And the flip side of that one is, if we win under five and a half games this year, it's not the worst thing for our Seahawks going into 2023. It's like, cool. Then we know we're probably in the top five or top three with our picks. 
it clearly did not work. And now we're going after our quarterback. So I, I kind of like those no, no lose positions. And we'll have the Broncos first rounder in the top five as well. So correct. After it's Russell spooky. Wilson's arm falls off. That yeah. is correct. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, dude. Hey, I had one more, one more Seahawks one, but before I give it, did you have any other Seahawks focused ones? You know, I was really just focused on the run, the rushing one. I really liked. Um, yeah, all good. It's pretty much it. I saw DK Metcalf is plus fifty thousand for MVP. If anyone's feeling lucky out there, <laughs> you no, know, Gino, Gino did like him more than Tyler. So if Gino's the starter, hey, D- DK's numbers, <laughs> DK's numbers with freaking Gino were off the chain for <laughs> and DK, you know, caught fade passes from Gino, and and I'm not gonna. Go, I'm not going to go any further than that. Um, <laughs> I, I I think Drew Locke ought to be the starter. I probably agree. will be the starter. Um, I think eventually wins that that role. And by by eventually, I mean week one, he is the starter. But but Locke has a freaking hose. Locke can throw the ball deep and uncork it. Um, but yeah, hey, hey, fifty thousand. That's not not bad odds. They're very good odds, right? Um, so one other one that I, that I liked out of the gate, uh, Wilson is. So you got the Seahawks uh, at. Quote, quote unquote Seahawks at Bucks game that's gonna be played in Germany. Mm-hmm. That was Seahawks. Last I looked at it, Seattle getting 10. So I took a small, like you know, quite small, but I took a small position through the uh, FanDuel is my is my app of choice. I'll use DraftKings. I'll kind of search which one gives you the, the better, the better flavor. But I like FanDuel mostly. I think the interface is better. Um, and I took a small position with Seattle getting 10. I'm like, all right, first of all. Is the NFL looking at this as a true home game for the Bucs? Probably not. There's going to be more Seahawks fans there in general. They both got to travel. And at plus 10, the way I look at it is like, if our starting quarterback gets injured, we have a second starting quarterback who is in Chris Sims' top 40. So we're we're okay. If Tom Brady gets injured, you know, the, the bucks that, that plus 10 probably shoots down to bucks plus one or, or Seahawks giving. So it, it, it totally tilts over. So by November, let's see what happens with the 45 year old, a game in Germany. Carol knows how to keep games tight. I will take 10 early points. Wilson, here's the deal, dude. We play that game in November, whatever it is right now, Seattle's up 10, nothing. We're up 10, nothing in that, in that bet. And that feels pretty good, dude. Yeah, I think kind of what you mentioned too, that is a really good time to take that bet just because it's not only going to be a Seahawks home game, but also you're kind of playing with Brady's health there too. It's, you know, he hasn't shown any signs of wearing down really surprisingly, but you never really know. No, you you don't know. And I think Seattle's going to outperform the first couple of weeks of the season because the schedule's not that bad, right? So I think they get out of the gate, maybe two and two, maybe three and one. They do that. Then that Seattle plus ten, it's like, all right, this team could hang. This team probably is not making the playoffs. We've t- you know we've talked about that, but if we can win six, seven, eight, nine games, kind of be in that range, I guarantee you we're gonna we're gonna lose some games this year that are tight because of the way we play football. So you want to give me ten points against a team that's playing in Germany? I- I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna take that bet, and I did, and I did, man. So all right, so let's let's rotate. That's so that's what we got for the Seahawks so far. But how about some other just NFL-wide bets that you were looking at that were like, you know, a couple of things that made you go, hmm, as you started to look at some, some preseason things that you could lay down when you're 21 years old? Yeah, of course. Well, this, this, is, a bet, <laughs> this is a game that will actually happen after I turn 21, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57. Kind of a crazy bet to take down this time of year. But the Chargers, it shocks me. The Chargers actually have 
worse odds than the 49ers in every book to win the Super Bowl. And they're plus 1,600. And they added, they got Herbert at quarterback. They added Khalil Mack and JC Jackson on defense, which somehow is going under the radar. Two awesome additions. Bosa and Khalil Mack, I mean, who is, who is really going to stop that? I just think that's a ridiculous combination. And they also got, of course, the best tight end in the NFL, Gerald Everett, in free agency. So I, I like the Chargers plus 1,600 for the Super Bowl. For Super Bowl champs, obviously, might want to wait a little bit into the season to really start betting on who your contender is. But it just shocked me that they had worse odds than the Trey Lance 49ers. Right. Uh, it, it's really crazy to me. I mean, the Niners were, like, credit, they were in the NFC Championship, but... I don't think anyone ever really thought, oh, this team is going to, this team is like a real contender. They're going to win the Super Bowl because the quarterback situation is terrible. Yeah. I actually forgot they made, they made it that far this, this last year. Um, that, that is interesting. I mean, it, it's a, the Niners have the ability to kind of run in whoever from a running back perspective. You know, last year, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell and the years previous, the, the, the regime most of the world, and they'll probably do it again in some capacity. And Shanahan knows how to run a team and, they don't have a top 15 quarterback. Not, neither of those guys. And I don't, I don't think Trey Lance is very good. We'll see if he turns into really anything at all. That team, to me, feels like they could go off the rails by week eight, week, week nine. It, it absolutely could be a dumpster fire if they just don't get it figured out and there's that, that kind of internal tumult. You already have the Diva situation with Debo Samuel. What's going on there? And yeah, man, the Chargers, hey, you have probably a top five, Easily top ten quarterback, certainly a dude dude on the rise. And you mentioned everything else. That that's already a good team. Yes, they missed the playoffs last year in that right that crazy Oakland game. Oh, oh sorry, the goodness. Vegas game, right? Yeah, that yeah, awesome, awesome game. But they missed the playoffs. It's like yeah, but that was the type of team that if they get in, they could go toe to toe with the with the AFC last year for sure. Do they make it all the way? Who knows? Probably, maybe, maybe not. But hey. I, I kind of like a plus sixteen hundred bet on the Chargers now because I think that's going to erode a bit, especially if they get off to a start that's like two and oh, three and oh, and you're probably looking at that going to plus eight hundred, plus nine hundred, and there goes there goes half half your you know moolah you could have had. So again, it's a futures bet. It's a long shot. We know that, but whatever. Win, you know, gamble a little to win a lot for these preseason ones. That, that's a pretty fun one, dude. I, I dig it. Um, I got one other. I got a few other. I got one other that I really, really like. The Houston Texans are not that bad. They're not that bad. They they were pretty good down the stretch. They gave teams a lot of fits. It's kind of like what we're talking about Seattle doing this year. Close games. I think they actually found a quarterback in Davis Mills. The guy can play, and he and he might have been the best rookie quarterback last year. I know people argue, you know, Mac Jones for sure. Davis Mills played pretty darn good. And they just got to win five games. It's the over-under is four and a half. You got to lay a little bit of money. The money line's minus 115. But they just have to go five and 12. Five wins for this Houston team who had, like by all measures, an exceptional draft, already have some good pieces and played okay football, played pretty good football. So I just thought in general, five and 12 for that Houston team seems awfully achievable i don't put them in in the bottom bottom rung of the nfl this year which i think is like carolina and atlanta and maybe a few others i think houston's like that next tier up of like a team that's ascending i could easily see them winning six or seven games and i don't care just win five and and you know i win the bet so loving the texans over five for the for the season 
Yeah, and, and on that note, I, I'm shocked, especially at the disparity between the Texans and the Jaguars, who are, if not even, Houston would consider to be a little bit better of a team just considering the real dumpster fire that the organization J- Jacksonville Jaguars are. And they're six and a half is their is their win total which makes that is uh, that is what I was going to mention is do not wow. take the do not take them to win 7 games. Yeah, that that seems like a stretch and a half dude. Like I I, I wonder what the unders, you know, the, the money line on the under is there, but yeah, you could easily I, I could easily envision Jacksonville in that 4 5 6 win total again and those are all winners on that bet you're mentioning, man. Yeah, and then that's you know, you know, you can't say they have an easy schedule, but it's not really an easy schedule for any team that's as bad as the Jaguars, right? You're the, you're the game that other teams will pick out and say, oh, this is the team we're going to beat up on. So, you know, that, it just seemed a little bit crazy to me. Um, and then you also mentioned the Panthers and the Falcons. I, I noticed the Saints are seven and a half, and I, I actually really like the over there. I think they, they have a little bit of a tough schedule, but, I mean, if, if they don't totally screw up, I think that they have four free wins in the division. You know, if the floor is really three wins there, and then all you got to do is win, you know, four or five, or five, four or five games out of the division, it doesn't seem too crazy to me. So I, I like the Saints. That division seems to me like it's going to shake out like a like an NHL standings or like MLB standings, where like you just get a couple of teams. Like right now, the Reds have I think ten year, ten wins on the year. You know, like the Nationals have thirteen, and they're like thirteen and twenty five. Like they, you know, we're, we're talking they they're already done. I'm a Mets fan, so very often I'm like, oh crap, we're done. But we're good this year. Now Scherzer's hurt. We'll see what happens. It's, it's all good. He'll he'll bounce back. But that division screams to me of, of like when you're going to have just those those absolute bottom feeders that everybody beats up on. And that's what you're saying, dude. Is like the Saints. The Saints kind of have at least three to four gimmies there, and then maybe they split. With the, they play the Bucks very very well. Like oh, yeah, they do. The Saints give Tom Brady fits. They had they they had that game last year as well where they just confused the they beat the crap out of up and down the field. What was it nine to six? That was. Awful yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but they exactly, but they they just shut Brady down, like unlike any other team had done it. So that could very well be four to five wins right there in division. It ought to be at least four in division. And maybe, maybe they get they get a, a victory versus the Bucks. And yeah, they're I love that bet, man. Saints plus seven and a half. Now, hopefully that, that we're not one of those eights that they go get. Um, they they mm-hmm. go eight, nine, and win one of the nines. But I think that's a really savvy bet too, because you just got you have two teams in their own division that are clearly below them. Like it is a couple of tiers below them on a talent level, and that they should mop the floor with with the with those bottom feeders. So I like that bet a lot too, dude. I think those are some really good calls. Any any other ones striking you before we uh before we put a wrap on our first our first pilot here, dude? Just to throw in one last one there, another futures bet, but uh if I'm riding with the Chargers for the Super Bowl, I got to go with Herbert plus a thousand for MVP. I think he makes the leap this year. Um, you got a couple other guys ahead of him: Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, Allen. But want to take a slight underdog there, so I'll take Herbert for MVP. That's my parting shot. Very nice, very nice. I, I dig it. I, I like Herbert quite a bit. We will also play them this year, so hopefully his off game where they start yeah, question, exactly. questioning his MVP uh, campaign is against us. But Herbert, Herbert's a very, very good quarterback. But yeah, man, I am super fired up to get this going this year. I think the plan will be once preseason rolls around and, and the games are starting in August, you and I, I think, are going to be hopping right in, depending on schedules, and doing a weekly show. Again, it's going to be through the Seahawkers podcast uh, frame. You're going to get through that stream. 
It's going to be called PNW Prop Stars. So if you don't already follow Wilson Khan out on Twitter, I believe it's Wilson underscore Khan, C-O-N-N. Right. Did I yep. get that? There it is. So follow at Wilson underscore Khan. You know me at Clinton Bond. And if you're not already subscribed to the Seahawkers podcast YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe. There's lots of content, lots of live videos, lots of, there's game reactions coming this year, more and more live stuff, all the more reason to subscribe to the channel, hit the bell, do all the things already. And Wilson, dude, I think we should put a bow on our first PNW prop stars and call the show, my man. Yeah, it's, it was great to get started. I'm really looking forward to this season. Yes, sir. All right, dude. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 